Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this hour asking for your blessings and help as we are gathered together. We pray for guidance and grace in these tough times. The world is in need of your love and mercy, so we ask you to take control over today's topic in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So uh, we're back here again on MBTT. And today, um, I really wanted this episode to be inspired by everything that's going on. Um, If you've been living under a rock and you don't know what's going on, unfortunately, on the 25th of May, 2020, 49-year-old George Floyd um, in the United States in Minneapolis was unfortunately strangled to death in police custody, basically over a fake $20 note or supposed fake $20 note. And this death has now sparked a new wave of the Black Lives Matter movement, which surprisingly, or maybe not unsurprisingly, has gone global this time around. So now we're seeing protests across all 50 states of the United States. We've got some here in the UK, the Netherlands, Germany, France, New Zealand, Brazil, like literally everywhere. everywhere the world has said, right, enough is enough, Black Lives Matter. And as things were starting to grow, I was looking at all the people that are influencers and celebrities and, you know, people that have got a platform to talk. And I just remembered that, you know, we've got MBTT and this is probably a great platform for us to talk about everything that's going on, how, you know, we as Christians feel um, in this time. So I just wanted this like whole episode to at least be like, you know, thought provoking, maybe a point of healing for some people. I know like, with all that's going on, it's taking a really heavy mental toll on people. So um, I just wanted this episode to just encourage somebody out there, you know, and hopefully give them hope. So with that in mind, let's just all go around and say how we're feeling and how we think things are going right now. Freedom Prince, you want to (laughs) go? Prince, you go. Um, I'm I'm very upset. I won't even lie, because that's like George Floyd is one of many. It's not mm. just him that has died in that manner. And I feel like the more I see videos, the worse they get. Mm. Like literally, there's just been some really unlawful killings. But at the same time, I'm also for the protesting. But I'm not for the violence. I'm not for the hate. I'm not for anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of christ mm-hmm. and what christ has taught us mm. so yeah he's been, he's been he's been arrested and he's charged and he is on suicide watch and that's that's something that i would not be happy about that the fact that he's on suicide watch mm. whether he's killed or he's not killed the blood of jesus is sufficient for all yeah. so if he does repent he will be forgiven yeah sure. so i don't think like a brother of mine i'm not going to mention his name yeah. was celebrating <laughs> the fact that he was on suicide watch and it actually grieved my soul because we just we can't do stuff like that we can't yeah true. Can't. As, as hard as as hard as it is and as difficult as, as it is to you know deal with situations like this yeah we still need to understand that above our natural and let's say earthly race we are also Mm -hmm. a royal priesthood a holy Mm -hmm. nation so we have to you know 
put that above our earthy, let's say our yeah that's why i totally agree i totally agree i think with me where i sit right now um obviously with this new wave of protests it's brought about a lot of self-reflection um i consider myself to have been in a position where i have been angry for so long about so yeah. many things um and this just brings up a whole new wave of anger for me especially because I've had to deal with a lot of microaggressive and border like, like outright aggressive situations. And it's, it's all coming up at once, but I also feel like it's a time for healing as well for myself. Um, I feel that there's a lot of things that I haven't really mentally addressed through all the pain and stuff that I've been through. Um, but it's sort of giving me hope because now I can start talking about a lot of the things that I went through and how they just weren't right, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you're young, there are certain things that you shouldn't have to face and you shouldn't have to face it alone. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that now I have an opportunity to talk about it and to also educate people about it as well. Um, I think education is what is going to change or has to change um this new wave so yeah that's me for me i think I, I have the same feeling as estelle like there was a lot of anger um uh, when i watched the video of george floyd dying and calling for his mom i think that was the part that really struck me and you know when i heard the police officer was on suicide watch um Suicide what doesn't mean he wants to commit suicide. It means he, they, they think he might commit suicide. So I was kind of relieved and a bit happy because... Um, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was very angry the first seven days, you know. I think I watched the video uh, five times to six times and it was unhealthy for me because the more I watched it, the more... Uh, I became angry, but just like Prince said, um, he's uh, yeah, it's not a good thing for us to celebrate a person who's ready to commit suicide. At the end of the day, God can still forgive him if you ask for forgiveness and he repents from his sins. So, mm -hmm. um, there's no difference. I mean, we are all sinners, so it doesn't mean because he has committed this uh, hideous crime that he's still, I mean, that the blood is not. Um, available for him yeah so you know and i've also noticed that this period has um taken my focus away from christ a bit like i haven't opened my bible in a while because i was the whole time busy with you know black lives matter <laughs> the news and and you know my my whole focus on, was on 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 i think i just like prince said i, I turned into an activist and I forgot, I kind of forgot my, my focus on Christ a bit. So, yeah. Mm. Well, um, today we've got a, a very special guest. I've been itching to have this man on my, on our podcast. Um, his name is Omar Taki. Uh, he lives all the way in UK. And Omar, you can present yourself. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. God bless, God bless. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. So it's an honor um, to connect with you all overseas as well. Um, absolute yeah. privilege uh, to be here. How are you feeling? Like, what has your week been or since everything started spilling out? How have you been you feeling? Know, about... I've been sitting back. I think 2020 and the ending of 2019 has backlashed many of us more than we've realised. Uh, so yeah. given coronavirus, Brexit in the UK, uh, lockdown, you've also got the multiple deaths that we're seeing, Kobe Bryant, Nipsey Hussle, family grieving, and then you've got the deaths of coronavirus in and of itself. Uh, you've got mm. obviously people financially not being able to manage, uh, being isolated indoors, then all of a sudden, the death of a black man. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a it's a grieving thing is is something that causes trauma for parents especially for our black women i don't think we focus too much on the trauma that they feel uh with their so i've been feeling yeah, as if that chant i can't breathe is a prophetic message for the whole black race um that george was suffocating he said he was suffocating and nobody heard him and us as mm. black people, we've been suffocating, telling the world we're suffocating and no one's hearing us, you know. So silence speaks volumes and I'm, and I'm, I'm almost conflicted. I'm glad that we're shouting. I'm glad because silence mm. speaks volumes. Mm. I'm glad that we're hurt. Speaks volumes. Um, because we have been suffocating. We have. And unfortunately, when us as black people rally, it's seen as unethical. When we preach the truth, we're told to go back to our mm. seats um, we're living in a time that really wants to silence truth even those that speak the truth and whenever someone stands up to speak they're seen seen as controversial and they're killed martin luther king mm. malcolm x for example you know they're they're killed mm. because we want to be comfortable Com comfort is the ultimate goal of humanity and situations like these don't make people comfortable you know Not so unfortunately us as black people dysfunction can't be dressed up you can't put a bow tie on, on, on no. dysfunction. You can't put a weave on dysfunction. Dysfunction will find its voice. And it's no wonder why black people express themselves the way they do. You know, so I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. You know, when a race is un under attack and people shrug their shoulders, that speaks. I'm frustrated about that. You know, so I'm, 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 in, I'm in a very conflicting state. So I've been trying to stay away from the news because the news isn't my God. You know, I've been trying to not look at the government, but the one who has the government on its shoulders uh, in, 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 yeah. in, in a beautiful way. So, yeah, I'm really trying to gospel my heart in this time. Um, I'm not trying to move from a place of bitterness, but from a place of revelation and love. So, yeah, it's been challenging with all the stuff that's been happening, the trauma. It's been challenging, but by the grace, you know, God moves and he allows us to move in his spirit. So I'm conflicted. <laughs> I'm conflicted to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping, I think, as we go on with this, that we will find how to define our faith within this new dispensation that we've entered in. I feel like sometimes we get so angry that we forget that, you know, God is there um, through it all. And obviously, let's just jump straight into it. So, um, the first thing I was thinking about when, you know, um, I was just thinking about like everything that's going on is that what does like what does our religion say about, you know, justice and freedom? Because a lot of the times when 
you consider the conversation around Black Lives Matter and, you know, just in general social movements, a lot of the time, well, most of the time, religion is taken out of the equation. Um, and we leave it there as opposed to trying to bring our religion into the equation. So I just wanted to find out what you guys thought or, you know, what you know um, regarding what the Bible says about freedom and justice. Um, well, um, just like uh, Omar was saying, uh, he's happy that we're making noise and that we're shouting. And, and as to your to what you just said is for me i think you know um it's not even i think in the bible the whole concept of bi biblical peace it came with an element of conflict and confrontation and i'm not um condoning or commending whatever i mean the whole looting and the violence and everything but i feel like um i understand why um why it's being done because mm. uh, Martin Luther King said, you know, writing is the is the language of the unheard, and I think that is what is going on right now. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, focus on the violence and the looting is bad, but I think we should is important we focus on the cause of of what is going on right now, the mm. injustice. Um, I think Jesus was somebody who was an advocate for. Uh, for the poor people who, who had no, yeah, he he was not he was for he was for the people who had no voice, uh, the weak. So I think it is very important for Christians to, um, you know, follow the steps of Jesus. Mm. So there was a scripture that I was reading earlier on in Luke, um, Luke four eighteen, and honestly, with the, when I was reading it, it just struck me because I realised that at the heart of, you know, Christ and Christianity, justice and peace and making sure that you are, dare I say it, like you are on the right side of social justice is like, it's so core, it's so fundamental. So Jesus, these are, and these are his, his words. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set those, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Like the fact that he said that, you know, his spirit is like God's spirit is upon him to preach this message. I think it's just, it's so beautiful because it just lies at the heart of everything that we believe in. Absolutely. I think the gospel message is essential for everything that we're doing right now. And I'm wondering, are we becoming more focused on social justice as opposed to the gospel? And I'm not saying that the social just justice is wrong um, because social justice is a fruit of the gospel. It it's a part of the gospel. It's mm. a mandate of our faith that we seek the good of the oppressed, the orphans, the widows, the fatherless. It's a fruit of Christian living. You know, there's a scripture yeah. where Jesus says, uh, you visited me when I was in prison. You clothed me when I was naked. You fed me when I was hungry. The, what you've done for the least of these, you've done for me, right? So social justice, helping the world is a part of the gospel. Um, it is, uh, but are we allowing our emotions to take us too far? 
you know, are, are, we, are we allowing our, our emotions to take us too far? Because just as social justice is a fruit of the gospel, so are the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit, they're, they're, they're a part of the gospel. And what I'm kind of noticing is as we're standing up shouting Black Lives Matter, we're almost becoming so bitter towards white people because they don't understand, you know. So, so the social justice aspect of the gospel is true, but we can't neglect the fruits of the spirit, which is love, peace, gentleness, forbearance. And mm. are we shouting out for social justice so much that we're now starting to divide and separate because of skin tones? So, yeah, mm. like the gospel message is for social justice. It is for us to stand up. The scriptures definitely speak about justice. For example, as well, the Good Samaritan, you know, the Bible, um, a man comes to Jesus and says, what do, I, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. The man says, and, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus says, there was a man who got beat up on the side of a road. By some robbers and he got robbed and a priest saw him and crossed the opposite side of the street represented of the church the levite saw him yeah. and crossed the other side of the, the, the street representative of the church again or the guy's native uh whatever we could say a black person crossed the opposite side then there was a samaritan someone of the complete opposite nation complete opposite mm. ethnicity and the samaritan took this man in and put him up inside his house and paid for him jesus said who was neighbor to this man the man said the Samaritan. Jesus said, Yeah, you go and do you go and do likewise. You know, that that's a fruit of the gospel. That we don't divide because of the skin tones, but we 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 seek justice. So I'm saying this for our white counterparts, you know, those who may not feel like they can stand up because they're not educated. The good the, the, the story of the good Samaritan is clearly an example of you extending your hand and helping us through this time as well and standing with us during this yeah. time. So yeah, justice yeah. is definitely a part of Christianity and we need to extend our hands as much as the, the uh, our white counterparts need to extend their hand as well I believe mm. do you think it's a it's a black and white thing because um, uh, people are telling me you know um, it's not a black and white thing because um, we are all Christians and it's more spiritual but what do you think? You think is a black? I mean, we can't ignore the fact that there's Absolutely. also racism in the church as well. Because just like you said, um, the two representatives were mm -hmm. all from churches. They were all representative of churches, and they ignored. The, they, they ignored. So is this is this maybe is this a reason why um, churches don't really take anti-racism uh, serious? Like because. Churches barely talk you about know, racism. I think church. that's an amazing question. Um, firstly, the scriptures clearly show us God is spirit. John four twenty one. Um, John four twenty four. God is spirit. Those who worship Him worship will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hebrews twelve nine tells us God is the Father of spirits. So we know that God is a spirit. He's, he's not visible. He's not tangible. And Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So God, in and of Himself, did He's not the God of the black man. He's not the God of the white man. He is the Creator of mankind. Mm. So mm. we're looking at this yep. creator and he saved us in our spirit. He didn't save us in our flesh. So he didn't save me because I'm black. He saved me wow. in my spirit the same way he saved white people in their spirit. Yeah. That's what makes us one body. It's not my skin tone that makes me a body. It's the fact that we're spirit and we're connected and we're brothers and sisters. Now in Christ, there's no Jew, no Gentile. Christ broke the dividing wall. So we're all a part of a new race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So yes, that's, that's the mm. view of Christianity. However, a lot of Christians haven't come to that place of revelation. 
because they're still looking at the outward Absolutely. appearance when God's the one looking at the heart. Absolutely. You know, so this is where yeah. I kind of see the white, the, the, the our white counterparts in this place. We need to literally they they need education on racism, and I don't know if this is even a platform for me to educate right now, but. To understand Greek thought, Greek philosophy, that's where racism, or should I say, democracy began. Uh, let me mm. try and break this down as quick as possible. So, <laughs> educate away, right, cool. educate away. So the Greeks were philosophers. <laughs> um, the scriptures show us the Jews demand signs, the Greeks seek wisdom. They were philosophers. You have people like Socrates, Aristotle, Plato. They were Greeks. And these are men who founded things like democracy. Uh, dem democracies, parliamentary yeah. systems, etc. Uh, and mm. so basically, but Socrates said this. Now, hear me, people. Yeah, this is why voting is so important. Socrates said this because he wasn't fully for the democracy. He said, if you were heading out on a ship into sea, who would you decide to be in charge of that ship? Would you allow anyone to uh, be in charge of the ship or people educated about seas and ships? The man responded, the educated mm. people, of course. Socrates said this. So why do you keep thinking anyone can be fit to judge who can be ruler of a country? What his point was, was this. Voting in an election is a skill, right? It's not something done by random intuition. Mm -hmm. And like any skill, people have to be taught how to systematically vote. Do you see what I'm saying? So his stance was, we're giving yeah. the yeah. whole world a vote, but they're irresponsible because they haven't been trained in voting. It's like give, making anyone drive the mm. Titanic in a storm. You know what I mean? Mm. So, he, so Socrates wasn't with it. Yeah. So he, but this is where Greek thought came from. That's why we can now vote for people ill-informed. We vote for Labour just because your black parents said vote for Labour. We don't know who to vote for. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. this is this is, this is Greek thought though. They brought in democracy. The Greeks also brought in uh, the the, yeah. the stance of citizenship, uh, politics, and they're the first ones to study human mind, human thought. So let's just take it a bit deeper because it's Greek philosophy that's really brought this racism in. Yeah. So if you could bear with me for just a mm. moment. All right, cool. We're bearing, we're bearing. Plato, Plato spent a lot of time trying to reform society. Yeah. And we keep saying we're, we're, we're reformers, etc. Let's look at Plato for a second. Plato was inspired um, by Athens' rival Sparta. Sparta are the ones, you know, 300 Sparta. They, 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 were, they, yeah. were, they were recognized as being great <laughs> soldiers. Everything they'd done, the way they raised their children, their food that they ate, everything was based on military. But Plato saw that, he, yeah. Plato said, uh, society isn't based off of mi uh, military. S society is based mm -hmm. off of fulfilled people. That's, that was Plato's thing. So mm -hmm. the Athenian society, they focused on the rich people, the sports, the celebrities. And Plato wasn't impressed with that. Because he knew that people admire these people. And if you admire celebrities, that's going to inform your conduct and your character. Do you know what I mean? So Plato yeah. literally said, mm. no, this can't mm -hmm. happen. And he started the first ever university in the world called the Academy. That's where we get the word Academy today. So the Greeks okay. literally had yeah. this leadership theory. Now, this is where it gets very deep. Just because these men were alive once upon a time, we still carry their thought in the world today. They rule the world through their grave. So they brought mathematics into the world, astronomy, medicine, literature, theatre, all of that. Yeah. So it gets yeah. so crazy to the sense that Plato saw anyone who wasn't a Greek as a barbarian. Anyone who's not Greek, they're not as human as the rest of us. They're not, they're, they're not leaders. He said anyone who's not Greek, they're basically born to be slaves, right? But his mindset was this. 
the, uh, so he has a doctrine called uh, might is right, meaning the one, the one, the only person who's free is the person who's strong enough to show they're free. That's why they had gladiators. If you're strong enough to show that you're free, mm-hmm. then you're, yeah. you're a free man. But Aristotle came after him, and Aristotle didn't agree with this concept because he knew that by Plato's uh, philosophy, that means black people, if they're strong enough, they can be free people. He didn't like it, right? So he said this. Yeah. Slaves, are, slaves are slaves because they're born as slaves. Deep it. This Yay. is a Greek idea. Yeah. So if you're born with these traits, you're over here. If you're born with these traits, you're over here. So these are the slaves and these are the leaders. Now, what are the traits? The traits are this: if you're born with a sharp, pointy nose, blue eyes, blonde hair, white skin, and thin lips, you're born to be a leader by the gods. Right. By destiny, black people were born to be slaves. If you have Man. thick lips, black skin, nappy hair, dark eyes, you're, you are destined by the gods <gasps> to be slaves. Right? So, so, so let's really yeah. crack this open for a second. So they're basically saying, hmm, how do I put this in words? Basically, you're born to serve me. You're born to say, serve me. That was the philosophy of their wow. day. So even a black person wearing a suit and a tie, it didn't impress them because you were just a well-dressed slave. That's all it was. If you had a PhD, oh if you had a PhD, you're just a smart slave. Yeah. So, so let, let's yeah, really get into crazy. the fabric of this then. Let's get into the fabric of this. The Romans basically came and colonized the Greeks, right? But when the Romans came to Greece, They'd normally wipe out a whole country. Now, this is Bible. You can see it in Daniel's prophecies. You see how the Greeks came and took over. Uh, what was it? It was Babylon, Persia. Babylon. Then, it was, then it was the Greeks. Then the Romans came. Mm. So the Romans came. And when the Romans would take over a place, they'd completely wipe out the whole area. But they saw that Greece had beautiful temples yep. and beautiful gods and beautiful statues and beautiful libraries. And they went into the Greek libraries and saw their scrolls. And they were so impressed. So they started to adopt Greek thinking. They started to adopt Greek thinking. Now let's 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 let's. I really I want I want to stop talking because I feel like I'm taking it over here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Cool. No, no speak. So speak. the Romans studied blessed. and adopted Greek thought of theory and leadership, and you, we know that the Roman Empire ruled the whole world, right? So let's get into Christianity in a second. We're going to see why why the yeah. church is the way it is right now, because the Roman Catholics. But we're going to get there in a second. Let's just look at Greek philosophy. So. Only one nation in the whole of the in the whole of the world up until this day has ruled the whole world, and that is Rome. Rome are the only only people that ruled the whole known world. Yeah, and the Roman Empire took the name yeah. Caesar. So you have Caesar Augustus, C Caesar Julius. Caesar isn't a name; it's a title. It means son of a god. That's what that's what Caesar means, right? So they took over the whole world. Okay. There's 14 Caesars that ruled uh, Rome during during this time. Now. <sighs> Rome basically crumbled from the inside. They imploded on themselves because they had a lot of sexual immorality. They, you know, the, uh, the, um, the Caesars would basically be pedophiles and sleep with the young boys. They, they, no, no, no one could yeah, beat Rome, so they beat themselves, basically. History shows that immorality causes self-destruction, mm. right? So this incest, they mm. slept with their own mums to keep their throne, all of that type of stuff. They destroyed themselves, you know? And so they fell apart because of division. So when they fell apart, many little kingdoms came out of Rome. Many little kingdoms came out of Rome. Here's a few of them. Spaniard, Franco, Belgia, Anglo, Portugal, Franco, France, 
Belgium, Belgium, okay. Portugal, Portugal, Spaniards, uh, that's Spain, Anglo, England. These are all Spain. little places that came out of Rome when Rome crumbled, right? So the mentality of Rome so went into yeah. Europe. So the whole of Europe, Europe now is seeing white is <gasps> superior and oh black is inferior. That's the whole of Europe. Yeah. Oh so now this is where gosh. colonization comes into it. Yeah. It's so deep. Like, that, so basically they started to go across to Africa. They started to explore. They started to explore and found a million servants. So they went to the West and started planting their, their plantations. Now we know about Christopher Columbus, don't we? Christopher Columbus left Spain in the 1400s. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I'm talking so much, guys. Please. <laughs> All right. No, okay. no, I'm enjoying it so much. Christopher I'm Columbus, so basically, um, Christopher Columbus in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. There's a little motto that goes around. So basically, the Spanish thought that Spain was the last place westward on a flat earth. They thought that the earth was flat. So on their coins, they had this text in Latin that says, Ni plus ultra which means no more beyond. They believed there was nothing left after Spain. So when they looked out to the sea and they saw just the horizon, they thought that if you, if you um, take a ship out there, you're going to fall off a flat earth, right? So they all went, so the yes. Europe's would go towards Asia, but Columbus said, no, I'm going to go into that, that deep unknown. I'm going there. So Columbus went over and he found the Bahamas and other different countries and he saw Indians there. And this is where we get the word West Indies, right? So he went there oh. and obviously yeah. he was ignorant that he encountered the new continent. Um, but obviously his voyage changed human history. Within two years, uh, the Pope basically said that this is the West Indies and the Native Americans were known as Indians. And basically the French, the Spanish, the English began to transport food over to the West Indies and they were bringing back over sugarcane, tobacco, back over to Europe. So that's where the Atlantic, Atlantic trade began, right? So when they went over there now, mm -hmm. in 1494 to 1508, over 3 million Indians died. They started to die. They started to die. And they weren't dying because of the Europeans. They were dying because of the diseases. The diseases, yeah? The diseases, so yeah. Because um, the Europeans, like, mm. the, the Indians basically didn't have no disease. The Europeans brought disease over. So they the, the Europeans have obviously they've started to put plantations down they've got the Indians to work the plantations but the Indians are dying because of the diseases so they said wait wait the Atlantic slave trade the Europeans started to go to Nigeria and Elamina Castle in Ghana and they began to transport the slaves across the Atlantic oceans to places like the Bahamas and Jamaica and they, they started to make the Africans work the ground and till the ground you know uh, so basically the Portuguese were the first ones to, to get the Africans to become divine slaves chosen to work the ground. So when they done mm. that, they, yep. now this is where it gets yep. deep. This is where us as black people messed up. Yeah. The Portuguese would come to the Africans and in Africa, obviously we had servants. So yeah, they were trading they each other. So you know how, how you go in Ghana and you have houseboy, house Oh girl. my gosh. That's that, that, we, mm. we still yes. have yes. that concept. That was the system. That was then. the system. So, Africans were servants of Af other um, Africans and they had to work to get their freedom. Some of the servants or the houseboys could rise up to a particular place of power and have their own houses if they were good. So the Europeans now, this is where they're so mm. tactical. They came over to Africa offering guns, weapons, rum, alcohol for the slaves. Yes. You know, and the African kings Sugar. didn't yes. hesitate to sell 
other Africans. Yeah, because if you, you are a criminal, I don't care. You're no. a slave now. Go, go. Your money anyway. You know, if you were of a rival, rival tribe, they'd sell you as a slave, you know. And by doing so, the African kings strengthened themselves against the other African nations or countries. So Africa grew in mm. wealth because of selling slaves. So the Portuguese started to tell the British, listen, we found some people to work. So then the British came over. Then the British told the French. Then the French told the Spanish. So now Europe, slaves are in high demand. And now all the African countries are competing against each other yeah. to, to give slaves. So slavery replaced jail in Africa. You get me? And it, it's so sad to hear it because it messed up our continent. You know, it messed up Africa so bad. So obviously, Elamina Castle, I don't know if you've traveled mm. there before, but they'd, they'd shave off your hair to prevent yeah. the head lice. You'd be branded. You'd be loaded into the ships like sardines. You'd poo on each other, die because of the disease. And they'd throw you overboard uh, for like, being sick or because of discipline. And that's the Atlantic slave trade. You know, and it's, it's sad. It's sad because the men were down in the deck and the women were above being abused and molested. And this is where we've kind of ended up right now. They began to use the Bible as a means to tell the people, listen, we're the gods. We're created to be gods. Mm. And you guys aren't. You guys are the servants. You guys are the slaves. Jesus says you must be a nice slave and you'll go to heaven. If you go to heaven, you'll get nice shoes. You can't get the shoes right now. You'll get them when you go to heaven. So the slaves start singing, I've got a shoe, all the God's children got a shoe. They start singing these types of songs because of the brainwashing that these white people are using. You know, and if you ever listen to the slavery songs, you'd hear the type of theology that the black people were singing. And for 394 people, mm. they had us on these islands and made us believe we were born to clean their house. We were created to plant corn. We were sent by God to wash their clothes and cook for their children. Uh, and all of that was imagine, a part of the system. Imagine. So you're supposed to work as a black person and not be seen. So when you watch slavery movies and you see the black girls around the house, the house girls, and they're cooking, you see them stand to the side and they're not being seen. They have to be out of the way when the master's friends are over. The, 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 the doctrine right. is this, oh, work and don't be seen. Think about us today. And that's why a lot of black yep. people are timid today. That's why we don't rise up yeah. today. You know, and this is why Martin Luther King had a problem That's because so true. He, he was a black man talking loud. And as black people, you're not supposed to do that. You don't do you're that. You're not you're supposed, supposed to. to. You, wow. you work and don't be seen. Who gave you a voice to speak? You know, and here's the issue. Black churches today yeah. are just speaking and not doing. We're, we're stuck in it again. So, so to tell Rosa Parks she's mm. in the wrong seat was natural for mm. white people. That wasn't a prejudice or a racist thing. That was just the conditioning of Greek thought put into the European world. You know what I mean? So Rosa would say, yeah, but I'm human. I'm not yeah. a complete human. You know, the, God, the, God, the gods basically yeah. said, sit at the back. It's divine alignment. You know, and I'm saying this for a reason. It's still here in the world. No matter how many schools we go to, no, how, no matter how many degrees we get, no matter how many people we know, when you come back, you're just a smart oh, slave. No, we're, we're entertainers today. Yeah. Basketball players. Yeah. Rappers, we're mandingos again, all over again. We're mandingos all over again, you know. And that's the history of how we've got to this place. Greek thought, adopting the mindset that white people are superior and divine, and black people are lower. That's mindset. Although they don't know it, they've adopted it. It's embedded within them. You know what I mean? So the church, uh, the, the popes obviously used it. They put a white Jesus up, and to say to say that. You know, yeah. a white Jesus doesn't affect a person's mindset. 
is to say that advertising and marketing doesn't affect me wanting to buy something on the TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, this is the brainwashing and the (laughs) conditioning that we've happened. This is why you're going to ask, so why aren't white churches standing up? Uh, Why why is it that the black people are shouting out and people are just saying they're just angry? Look at the history. Look at what we've been through. You know, and when you can literally see the history and you can give people this history, I'm pretty sure that anybody who hears this and you take them through the nitty gritties, because I've just given you a synopsis. This went on for hundreds of years. Imagine the bloodshed, the rape, the molestation, the branding, the lynching, the KKK, the mob, Abraham Lincoln, the Emancipation Proclamation, all these things being pushed to the ghettos. Niggas can't work. No Negroes to work here. Being pushed into the slums. You know, having Imagine. to live in, in the slums, in the swamp where crocodiles are and, and like everything. We stink now. You know, we're stinky. We're, we're a byword, the Negro. We're the only person that has so many words. African-American, black, blacks, Negroes, Mandingos, this thing. that We're a byword. We're, we're a passing word. White people are just white people. Do you know what I mean? So you, mm. you just look yeah. at where That's America facts. is today and they say they're thugs. They're gangsters. You didn't give them anything else. You didn't give them anything else. You didn't give them an opportunity. When it was time to get to, time to get jobs, you pushed them into the slums and made them fend for themselves. You know, like and the trauma, the PTSD has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. We're living it. We're breathing it. So, so true. Uh, it was a very long answer. <laughs> My God, I spoke for a while. It's a very necessary answer, I feel like. Very much, yeah. Yeah. But uh, even I didn't know all of that stuff. Like, it it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. What's interesting for me is because I thought, well, as far as history is concerned and as far as I've been taught, most of what I understand about racial dynamics and everything that happens now is as a result of, like you literally mentioned before, um, colonialism and going out into the world with this idea that you know we we are the white man the saviors and we have to go around mm-hmm. and basically re-educate the world if they're not mm-hmm. like us therefore um, they're savages they are not they are not anything like mm-hmm. us so therefore we have to teach them how to be like us um, in order for them to be not even considered to be equal to us but at least yeah. to be considered as yeah. human and I never realised that that's how deep. I mean, if this if you want goes. to control the people, you have to control their mindset. You know, if you if you look at uh, that's Israel, true. for example, coming out of out of Egypt, the Bible clearly shows that though they were free from Egypt, they were still looking over their shoulder as if someone was chasing them. They were paranoid because they still had a slave mindset. Yes. You know, and there's this concept mm. that freedom isn't yes. a location; it's a mentality. If if I if I right now oh right my now. i'm carrying short trauma and i go to hawaii for example my trauma follows me there i'm not free in my mind you can take the man out the hood not the hood out the man so freedom mm. isn't a place i can run to i can't run away and get away mm. from my own mind my mind follows me so freedom is a, is, a, is a mentality and the bible clearly shows it will be very unfortunate the day when a slave becomes king you know so as black people we're carrying that we're still enslaved in our mind unfortunately and this is why i say that it starts in the mind it starts with education and unfortunately with 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 our white counterparts complacency makes everything look okay when you're making the kind of money you want to make 
when you have the house you want, when you're as happy as you want to be, everything looks okay. It's only when a white person's child is stabbed that they'll be at deep start crying out about injustice and wanting to involve themselves. It's, it's, it's only when it happens to us personally, when there's an eviction notice on your house that suddenly you start remembering who owes you money, you know? And that's a front row ticket, to the, that's a front mm. row seat to the black race. Complacency, when you have the money you want to make, you don't care about the injustice in the world because you're comfortable. It's only when your life has been rocked that you begin to identify and have an empathic response to another person's humanity, you know? So... So I've got a question. Um, so basically, Omar was talking about, you know, how this has been going on for centuries. Now, obviously, the way religion and faith works in this world, people who aren't in it always have a lot of questions. And I'm sure one of the big questions is, how could God allow this to happen? Or does God allow this to happen? Like, you know... So, I guess from like a black perspective and just in general, can we be or should we be upset with God for allowing this to happen? All right. Um, Chip it, there's there's a lot of kind of thoughts that kind of need to be addressed in regards to doctrine um, and how we view God. Um, so, there's this idea that people say that God wouldn't give you more than you can handle. Or God gives his battles to it to his strongest scripture his yes, strongest soldiers. My favorite scripture. But sis, I need to bring it back. If you were if your brother, yeah, God forbid, or a, a person you know died and you were grieving and someone said God wouldn't give you this because he thought you could handle it, how would you feel? It's getting hard to be I'd feel awful. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, or the next if, question is, God, example, why me? You just got arrested. Uh, you just got arrested and it was an injustice. It wasn't even you. And you got locked up for 18 years because of something that wasn't you. And you were trying to get bail and your bail was £100,000. And I said to you, and I said to you, God gives his battles to his strongest soldiers. How would you feel? Yeah. Exactly. Why me? Because I those words why me? aren't actually biblical. Those words, those words can tempt you to ignore your own suffering as if your suffering wasn't there. And I've done it before. So I've been through some things and someone says God gives his battles to his strongest soldiers. And it makes, it make, it, it, it makes me suppress my pain. It's not even yeah, healthy. I've that a lot. Yeah, it's conventional wisdom disguised as biblical truth. It's not in the Bible. The Bible truth has actually been misquoted. There's a scripture that says God won't let you be tempted beyond, what, beyond your ability but you're, you're, when yes, you're tempted, you'll provide a means of escape. The scripture is yeah. clear. It's about temptation, not about suffering. Right? Yes. See, there's another scripture that says, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Both of these scriptures are talking about temptation, not suffering. See, with sin, we have a choice. With suffering, we don't. We don't have a choice with suffering. We, ne we, we don't have a choice. Life causes Bars. people to suffer. That's just the way of life. You get me? So I understand the sincerity of the phrase yeah. when people say God gives mm. his battles to his strongest soldiers, but even Job's friends were sincere and they were wrong. You know what I mean? So that message, God will never give me more exactly. than I can handle, says I can take on whatever comes my, my way. It makes it about me rather than God. It makes me focus on myself rather than God. When the scriptures say God is my refuge, where does my help come from? My help comes wow. from the Lord. You, do you see what I'm saying? When we suffer, our strength doesn't come from within. Yeah. Our strength comes from God. If I can handle anything that comes my way, why do I need God? Do you know what I mean? 
Because life gives us more than we can handle and it's okay to be in pain because that's yeah. where God meets us. He says, cast your cares on sin. Do you know what I mean? So, so the idea of suffering is a part of human life. It's not that we should be angry with God. It's just a way of life because of sin. It's not a God issue. It's a sin issue. It's a mankind issue. You see, God has been mm. used to create mm. wars and it wasn't even God. God's name has been branded on slavery and it wasn't even God. Yep. And then people look at God and start crying out, God, why are you doing this what? to me? But because of sinful man, we blame why God. Or the enemy, the devil disguises behind God. And he'll disguise, he'll disguise behind the attack and he'll laugh when everyone's saying, God, why are you doing this when really it's the enemy? And his temptations causing man to do this evil. But we blame God when it should be the enemy we're looking to. You know, the one who caused Cain to kill Abel. Was that God or was that Cain? Was that God or was the enemy whispering in Cain's ear? So should we be angry at God because of what mankind has done? I understand mm. the suffering, but look at the Holocaust. Look, look, look at everything that's happened. Look at the countless deaths that we've seen. And then people will start looking at God's sovereignty. Yeah. Oh yeah, but God's sovereign. He knows everything that's, that's going to happen before, before it happens. He knows my days that, that were written down inside my yes. book. But who are we to question him? You know, so th this is the difficulty now. Revival exactly. always comes right. out, of, out of pain. Egypt were slaves for 400 years. Sorry, Israel. They were slaves for 400 years and they came out. But they cried out to God and continued to worship him. Can we do the same or do we turn our fist at God and start rising up black power, black power and start, and start worshipping the juju gods of our African ancestors mm. and, and, and start doing all of this madness and, and sprinkling chicken dust all over our rooms because, because the God of the Bible, because the God of the Bible yeah. seems to There's be against you. No, he loves you and he died for you on a cross. He doesn't want you to suffer in this way, but mankind causes you to suffer. The Bible even tells us those who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. God shows that you're going to go through persecution. But what does he say? I'm your strong tower. I am your refuge. Come to me. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't see it as we should really be throwing our fists at God. And the, the maddest thing is he lives within us. You know, like... He's, he's, he's humbled himself yeah. to come and make his abode inside of you and we're angry at him you know he loves you so much and he's a loving father and even the scripture in Hebrews 12 I know I'm saying a lot Hebrews 12 speaks about how a loving father disciplines their children I'm not saying that this is God disciplining us God forbid would yeah. I say that he's using slavery to discipline us the discipline shows that any father who doesn't discipline his children shows that he doesn't care about his children but a father who disciplines his children shows that he cares. And the Bible shows mm. God disciplines his children. Why? Not because we've done anything bad. It was bad. It was so we could become more like Jesus. And after that, it provides righteousness. And people would come and drink from our lives and drink from what God has done inside of us and drink from our voice and drink from the fruit of the spirit and drink from what he's grown within us. That's the whole point of what God's doing in our lives. But we don't like pain. We don't want to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We don't want to say, Lord, let not my will be done, let your will be done. We don't want to do that because of what comes from it. But look at mm. what happened, a resurrection, the fact that Christ, he was a seed that died and many seeds grew because of his death. We don't want to go through that pain, though. Mm. So it's not God trying to kill us or do anything like that. It, it's really not the case. You know, he loves us and he says, cast your cares onto me. He's a loving father. He's, he, he's the father of the prodigal son. He's, he's our Abba Father, you know, so, yeah.
You have spit some bars, some wisdom. Serious one. Serious I'm coming one. to get your reading list because that it's highly off. needed. It's highly needed. Um, I think, you know, there's going to be a, a second part. Um, I think the listeners would want a second part because this, I mean, we are very... Scratch the surface. Blessed. Yeah, <laughs> we've been educated. We've been... You know, I already knew Omar was coming with the... I, I knew he was coming with the guns out. So, I, you know, but I already know I already know Omar. I've, I've been following his uh, Instagram live sessions most of the time. So, I knew what he was about, but... Man. This was an episode. So, I think there's going to be a part two, probably. So, I want everyone to stay tuned. Um, pray a lot. Uh, read your Bibles, you know, start focusing back on Christ. I think we've, we've all been distracted and, you know, let's, um, yeah, just stay tuned, man. Just stay tuned. Sure thing. Omar, <clears throat> would, you, would you care to give us the closing prayer, please? Heavenly Father, Lord, we look to you. We don't bow to the temptation. We bow to Christ. We don't bow to the crisis. We bow to Christ. We don't bow to the media, we bow to Christ. Father, we bow to you, the one who is and is and is to come. The same yesterday, today and forevermore. Lord, we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. The one who is able to keep us from stumbling. Father, we set our focus upon you, Lord. We lift up all those in government right now, Father. Your word says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would establish ministers to encourage and negotiate with those in leadership today in the name of Jesus concerning where we are heading. Father, we just present the presidential campaign into your hands between Trump and Biden. We present every single uh, leadership campaign all over the world, Father God. For right now, the earth is crying out, Father God, for revival. Amen. So Lord, right now, we lift up authorities and governments as your word tells us so we may live peaceful lives father we thank you that our anchors in you father we pray for all of those who are currently grieving lord we commit them into your hands father lord we just pray that you would comfort them as the loving father that you are father we thank you for this conversation and lord we pray that the words that have been spoken will not fall on deaf ears lord but father we pray that it will take a seed and will germinate in people's hearts and cause fires of revival father god all over this world father create a fire the same way the tongues of fire fell in pentecost and everyone came out with one message in different languages father we pray we will scream the same message all lives matter black lives matter in different languages help us father god to be of one mind just as you did on pentecost We give you the praise and the glory. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.